New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast sponsored by Draft.com. Join Draft.com right now. Use promo code DGEN and get a free $3 ticket into any entry you'd like. They actually have a really cool best ball thing going for the majors. So, you know, you can go ahead and draft your, your picks for the majors for the best ball for all four Big prizes. It's really, really cool. You should check it out. Use that promo code DGEN and you get that free uh, $3 ticket for first uh, for the, your first use. We're here for the uh, WGC match play this week. And of course, I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Kenny. I'm excited. It's a fast turnaround this week. So uh, starting a little bit earlier, really had to dig in a little bit early. I'm fresh coming off of another podcast with, with the Smash Factor for Gup's Corner. So I'm I'm fully loaded, ready to unload, man. Here we go. All right. Sounds good. So uh, before we get into this, we just talk about the Valspar Championship. Paul Casey going back to back. Um, you know, pretty, pretty outstanding feat by him after, especially after not having a win for like seven years. A pretty good tournament. You had DJ sort of fall back. Coke Crack had his chance, man. I was ashamed about Coke Crack bogeying that last because I really wanted to see a playoff. I really wanted to see Coke Crack finally get one done because he was due. He's been playing some really, really good, strong golf here lately. And um, it's just a shame that he just couldn't get it done on that last hole. Um, other guys who performed well uh, this past week, you know, you got um, – my thing is not working very well. Uh, you, you know, you got um, – 
a DJ, like I said, Ryan Armour moved up there, had a decent run. Uh, John Ron came through here at the end, got himself in the top six. What did you think about the tournament? I, I thought it was good. I think it was almost like um, Ricky winning at the Waste Management. It wasn't really what Casey did. It was what others didn't. And the big disappointment for me was DJ uh, played him in a lot of showdown lineups, had a feeling, you know, he's right in the mix of things. The guy's got 14 straight rounds under 70 is the streak he has going. And if he even shoots a 71, he goes to a playoff. So the fact that he did not do that and ended up just flaming out was very surprising to me. A uh, couple things to know of note. I think Kokrak had more than one chance. He had an Eagle just miss. He had a birdie that burned the edge. And then of course, like you mentioned on 18, another shot. So sad to see him not make it happen. And I'm not against Paul Casey. Good for him. I'm just saying as far as the other guys in the mix, uh, Sung JM sort of disappeared a little bit. He, he couldn't quite get it done. Uh, and when I thought he was going to make a run at the end. And then the most exciting, and going into this week, I'll talk about him, uh, Louis Oosthuizen. You got a chance to see a lot of him. And he's a guy, I know he's so polarizing that everybody says they can't get him right, myself included. But man, when he's on, he looks good. Like it, it's so cool to watch when, when he's really playing solid golf. And his around the green game was almost majestic this weekend, the way just watching him place those shots ever so gently up to the, the hole and being able just to tap them in. I thought it was incredible to watch, uh, and I'll be looking out for him this week big time. Oh, definitely. I'm big on Usti this week. There's no doubt. He's going to be in my betting segment this week as well. Um, you know, a couple of other things that we noticed last week at the Valspar, you saw guys who, you know, kill people. Uh, at the Players' Championship, you know, come on in and and and, and win. You saw Paul Casey miss the cut, the, you know, almost finished, I don't know, almost dead last at the Players, and he comes through, um, you know, and we were all on the rebound train with Casey. Also, Lucas Glover, uh, another guy who, you know, disappointed at the Players, uh, you know, sort of middle of the week after the tournament started. I heard that he wasn't the biggest fan of the course. Uh, you know, TPC Sawgrass, uh, that sort of hurt a little bit, but uh, he came back, came through again, um, you know, Lucas Glover, another guy who was interesting to me here, uh, Bill Haas says how much he loves this course, uh, you know, sort of another top 15 out of nowhere from him. That's something you should definitely mark down. Bill Haas is, uh, this is one of his favorite courses. He said it before, and it looked like the way he played uh, that, he, you know, he, he he's up there as well, going uh, under par the last three days of the tournament. Uh, it was a great event, personally, for me. I, also, I like these events with these tough courses. Uh, it brings so many more people into the fray. Uh, you know, it's not these birdie barrages where, you know, you shoot 25 under and more than half the field has no shot. Uh, so it's always cool. And that's the way this Florida swing has been. And it's been really good golf. I mean, I really enjoyed this month that we've had on the Florida swing where you've had these tough courses, where you've had the leaderboard bunched up, uh, coming down to the last hole. It's been exciting stuff. Uh, I wish more courses would do this. Uh, and and, it, and it, it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome seeing these difficult courses and these golfers try and tackle. Uh, personally, for me, it was another strange week in DFS. Cash game cornerstones went four for four, which was nice. It's only about a three and a half percent of all double ups got six of six through. I got six of six through. So it was an easy cash. I was like top five, top 10 in all the double ups uh, that I played. Uh, so it was a solid week for that. But then again, my GPPs, I went another, I, I had three of five of my highest own guys missed a cut again. Uh, same with, as last week at the players where I only lost like 45 bucks uh, at the players, you know, going three of five. Uh, of my highest owned guys missing the cut. Well, it happened again this week, but because of cash, I actually won 40 bucks. So in the last two weeks, six of my 10 highest owned golfers 
in GPPs missed the cut, and I only lost five dollars. That's about thousand dollars worth of entry fees, <laughs> and I lost. 0.05% of my bankroll. So I'll take that. Uh, you know, cash definitely helps. Uh, cash has been hot here recently. Hopefully it keeps on going. There will be no cash game cornerstones this week. I will not be playing cash uh, for the match plan. We'll talk more about that uh, as the show goes on. Tyler, how was your week? Yeah, I mean, some great calls last week. I think uh, Casey over Reed by being the biggest. You know, yeah. we, we had a little bit of banter back and forth on that. I was I had Reed, on it. but I had a bunch of Casey, too. I had 20% Casey, but I had like 40% Reed, 38% yeah, I think Reed. More general consensus, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, you know, between us, it was one thing. But for the for the T3PO, I think that was a, a oh, good solid. one. Knox as well. I, I think what hurt me, and I, I was down a little on the week because of my – you know, I faded JT Post and I faded Reed. I had some good fades in there, but the guys that I flipped to, so one DJ cost me a little bit. I went really heavy on DJ in the end. Uh, again, that's what pissed me off about Sunday. I just thought it was his for the taking, and it wasn't really that Casey closed out. It was that he, he you know, other guys didn't show up, DJ being one of them. Uh, we'll leave that there. The other thing was the, uh, you know, the Keegans and the Hattons and the guys that showed up on day one, when I'm winning five figures huge with all my single entries that are looking money, the balanced attacks with Casey, with these guys, for them just to completely flame out on uh, Saturday, or, sorry, on Friday was something. And then even on Sunday, there was some, you know, Kisners and Sergio's and those guys that, that flamed out a little bit as well. Sergio had a nine on Sunday. So yeah. yeah, overall, not a great week. It was slightly down, but it wasn't anything terrible because I did make some of the right fades and I'm hoping to continue that here this week. So also going to uh, go away from the T3POs this week just because, uh, you know, Kenny didn't mention it, but we're actually going to go through and break down the quadrants. So all 16 of them going through them. You'll hear a lot of game theory, a lot of strategy to try and help you guys out. So not really a necessary thing to go. Here's the exact three because you're going to have a big pool if you're playing 150 lineups like myself and you're going to have to mix and match that way anyway. So we'll go through that. Yeah, uh, I had a bunch of DJ. DJ was actually my highest own, so that hurt. His Sunday hurt. Uh, I had Reed and Poston as my second and third highest own. So, and Day as my fifth highest own. So there you go. Uh, that that was the issue that I had in GPP, but somehow I still came out on top. I actually played a bit more cash uh, than I normally do. Um, so that probably helped out a lot because I, I I just felt like it was the right move because of who I liked and, and the roster build I had with the four cash game cornerstones. And I had Knox and uh, Kang as my other two guys uh, to fill out the lineup other than uh, the what was it, Furek, Kokrak, Kisner, and Snedeker were my cash game cornerstones. That lineup was actually my second best GPP lineup as well. So there's a there's a thing for you guys. Always make sure you put your cash game lineup in GPPs because there's nothing worse than doubling your money easily. And then if you just put it in a GPP, you could have won 10 grand or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So so make sure you always play your cash lineup in GPPs. All right. So let's move on to uh, the listener league this past week. Jerry Jet 7, who has a picture of a delicious cheeseburger as his avatar, which is pretty money. He won the cheeseburger money. And he has a cheeseburger avatar. That's pretty that's pretty money right there. He had uh, Sergio Garcia. He was 21.5%, uh, finished 54th. Henrik Stenson, 7.5%, uh, uh, finished 24th. Jason Kokrak, 26.5%, finished in second. Sung J.M. at 27.5%, uh, finished uh, in fourth. Zach Johnson at 6.5%, finished 25th, 24th. And Ryan Armour, um, you know, 
uh, he had him at 2%, one of only, what, four guys who own armor, and he finished in sixth place. Uh, what do you think of the lineup there, Tambo? Yeah, that, that really helped him, definitely. The armor pick was solid, like you said. I think it's a big thing with the schedule change this year, and, and it is exciting, as you mentioned, because you st- you don't just get all these scoring fests, which do- I don't hate, but I definitely like this style of golf a little bit better. Uh, if you look at the leaderboard, you know, DJ Rom, but then you've got the KC Armors, even a guy like Luke Donald can get a hot thing going. You know, he had the putter, he had chip-ins, he had everything. But, I mean, former number one, a guy that can't really compete as often on these big, long courses and scoring fests – be able to hop into the mix. So as far as this lineup goes, I thought armor was an awesome pick. Uh, if you look at the overall, it was sort of like the the balanced but steady Eddie type guys, like make the cut, like Sergio, Armor, uh, Sungjae, who just playing incredible golf. You know, he scored quite a bit for him as well too. Even um, you know, eighty six and a half is a solid score you're going to get out of him, even at twenty seven and a half percent owned. So uh, ZJ, another guy that's just going to grind it, grind it out, finish twenty fourth, still threw up almost sixty points. Uh, and then Kokrak and Stenson, you know, two great picks there. So overall, solid job to Jerry Jet seven. Uh, you'll be in the three-man this week, and uh, we'll see you there. All right. So let's move on to this week. So the top golfers in the world head to Austin, Texas, for the WGC match play from Austin Country Club. Uh, the match play used to be a single elimination tourney, just like March Madness in college basketball. But uh, four years ago, they changed the format to 16 four-man groups with the winner of each group moving on to the round of 16. They did this so the big names wouldn't have like one bad day and be gone and be shitty TV coverage and no one to watch for the weekend. So a pretty smart move. It, it gives these uh, top-tier guys uh, you know, the, the advantage of being able to play three rounds. And so we've seen in the past few years that since the way this format has changed – uh, that the top guys usually win here. I think we've had like DJ, Rory, uh, Bubba, uh, Jason Day, you know, all those guys win here in the last four years. I think Rory might have been um, before, it might have been in a single elimination, might have been the last one. Uh, but it gives these big dogs a chance. And, you know, it's probably going to be one of these big dogs in the finals. Uh, this new format is given a drop, you know, has given DraftKings the opportunity to create a slate for it. I mean, last year was the first one, and GPPs are pretty decent. Uh, the scoring is completely different, and roster construction is more vital than normal. Uh, so, DraftKings scoring for match play looks like this: uh, every hole one is three points, every hole half is 0.75 points, every hole lost is minus 0.75 points. Holes not played is 1.6 points to the winner. Um, matches won, five points. Matches halved, two points. Three consecutive holes won, five points. No holes lost in a match, which is would be crazy. Uh, but it has happened. would be seven and a half points. Now, there is a major issue with the scoring, and that is what happens with withdrawals. Uh, withdrawals happen fairly often during match play, especially during the last match of round-robin play. Uh, golfers can easily have zero chance of advancing after the outcomes of the first two round robin matches. So if there's anything wrong with them health-wise, uh, WD might be in- inevitable. Uh, we saw it happen with Woodland uh, and to a lesser extent Jason Day a couple of years ago. We saw an injury takeout burger a few years ago. Um, if and when this happens, DraftKings has stated that the non-withdrawal, the non-WD golfer will get 33.8 points total. 28.8 points for the 18 holes not played and five points for the win. Now, there's really no way to predict this happening for any golfer. So just hope you land on the right side of this with a little luck. 
Now, this is also one of the reasons why I won't be p- playing cash uh, this week. The, you know, there's so many variables trying to get everyone out of the rounds and the scoring. It, it, I don't think this is a cash week. Uh, I will only be playing GPPs, uh, probably not as much as I normally do also. Uh, so strategy and lineup construction. Uh, lineup construction is, in my opinion, the most important part of having a solid GPP lineup this week. Uh, here are the things you need to do or not do when making your lineups this week. Uh, don't roster two golfers in the same pod. This is pretty self-explanatory reasoning here. Only one can get out of the pod. Don't roster two golfers who could play each other in the round of 16. The key to having a good GPP lineup this week is striving to have all six of your golfers in the quarterfinals. That can't happen when you roster two golfers that could play each other, uh, you know, play each other in the project, in the sweet 16. Now there, there is different ways to think about that. I wouldn't say it's, that's something you have to do just because you have to pick two golfers from one quadrant as well. So they might end up playing, um, Actually, forget that. You don't don't roster two golfers that could play each other in the Sweet 16. I would avoid that. Make sure you, if you're going to roster two people from the same quadrant, roster one from the top, one from the bottom, so they can meet up in the, in the Elite Eight. Uh, pay more attention to projected ownership. Some chalk will make too much sense to pass up, but wild things seem to happen in match play. Uh, going contrarian will give you your best chance of finishing high in GPPs, and unlike most stroke play events where the chalk hits more often than not, there will be some major chalk bombs this week. A good way to go ahead and um, get to the nice projected ownership and see who people are talking about is to go to fansharesports.com uh, and you know, sign up for the site, enter promo code DGEN10, it is case sensitive, so D E G E N one zero. You'll get ten percent off a sub for FanShare Sports. It's going to be crucial this week, uh, ownership and, and trying to figure out where everyone's going. Um, now, don't only roster the number one seeds in each pod. Uh, since the round robin format began three years ago, uh, four years ago, this was not including last year, so I don't have last year's numbers. But for the first three years in the round robin format, only 17 of 48 top seeds in each group have made it to the single elimination round. They didn't get to check last year, but I'm sure it's somewhere close to that number as well because there was a lot of one seeds that fell last year, including Dustin Johnson, who didn't even win a match. Uh, Now, let's get to the course. Now, unlike most weeks where knowing how a course is set up is a good base to start your research to see is a good place to start your research to see what golfers fit the course, match play is a whole different animal. Uh, In my opinion, the course setup and layout means less than it normally would in a stroke play event. Uh, Nevertheless, I'll still go over the major parts of the course here with you now. Uh, Austin Country Club is a 7,100-yard par 71 with three reachable par 5s and a reachable par 4. It is a classic peak die design where precision and accuracy off the tee is more important than distance. But since this is a match play event, you will be seeing a lot more drivers and a lot more three woods uh, off the tee because, you know, match play is all about aggressiveness, Um, you know being aggressive, trying to make birdies. So that's why the course, in my opinion, is not as important. Uh, The course actually feels like two different courses. The front nine is much tighter off the tee, and the back nine is much more open. Uh, Bunkers are in play off the tee, and there are a few holes with water as well. Uh, The rough isn't going to be as light as it would be in, like, Puerto Rico this week, but it's not crazy long or thick. 
Uh, though the back nine is more open off the tee. Trees line the fairways a bit more on the back than they do on the front, though they can be an issue on Aaron shots, Aaron tee shots on both nines. On approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of green sizes ranging from small to fairly large. The greens are guarded by pot bunkers, water, and multiple runoff areas. Uh, the, the Bermuda grass greens have a good amount of undulation and should be firm and quite quick. Uh, Tambo, are, are there specific things you're looking for? Do you have strategy info? Uh, what, what's going on here for the for the match play? I think you hit on it pretty good with building the lineup. So you said, I mean, first off, from a strategy perspective, that's what everybody's going to tell you. We know that already. What it really comes down to is just it depends on how many lineups you're going to build, but you want to make sure um, you're building them correctly, as Kenny mentioned, with the, you know, making sure that they can all get to the Elite Eight together, that all of them could end up in the Final Four. Uh, You know, as far as what I'm looking at, I'll say you mentioned the course setup doesn't matter as much. I actually don't believe that the stats matter as much this week as what people think. Uh, you know, and I'll use an example, one I've been joking with the guys about, but, you know, everyone says this guy's a Pete Dye specialist. He's going to crush here. Okay, if, if it's a stroke play event, it, it, like you, I'll use Siwoo Kim as an example, and we'll get there. If this was a stroke play event, and I'm not saying he can't win his group, but I'm just saying I would be all over him because, yes, he does line up in stats. He is good on Pete Dye courses, so on and so forth. But match play is just a whole different animal, and the sample size is so small that, you know, did they really use their Pete Dye specialism, if you want to make up a word here, to get them all the way to this event so they could show up for two or three days and win all these matches and move on and then go on to win on the weekend? I don't think so. So uh, what I'm looking at more so is things like all-around golfers, um, you know, grit, fortitude, fiery, attitude, all these things that go with the mental game. And just, I think the, the real leverage this week, and I'm not saying it's just going to be from us. There's a lot of great podcasts and people out there in the industry, but I think the real leverage this week is not how you build the lineups. That's the obvious one last year, something like ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots. You break guy fix is looking for passionate self starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break iFix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit YouBreakIFix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. 30% of the lineups were quote unquote dead after day one. Uh, you know, this year I don't suspect it to be that high because of all the content out there. What I would say is that the leverage in this spot is the ability to take what Kenny and I, as well as the others know, 
as far as little situations of who guys are and what they're capable of and why we like them and those nuances and being able to leverage those when you're building the lineups to get a little bit overweight. And Kenny mentioned Fanshare Sports, great spot to start. I mean, go there, get that. I'm using the form guide from there this week, I should mention. Uh, B-Hacks too, Brian Haxton does a great job uh, there. He's actually split it off um, within the groups so that you can get the players in the quads, their last five events, their overall match play record, their WGC match play record, uh, and then even their Austin Country Club record with some of the stats he likes. Like I said, I'm not as high on the stats. It does have the betting odds, opening odds on there as well. Um, and we'll go through that when we get through the quadrants. But once again, fansharesports.com. It's case sensitive. Promo code is DGEN10, D-E-G-E-N-1-0. Uh, get set up there. This form guide is obviously you know something I use often, and I think it's lights out. Uh, so that's where I'm at for this week, Kenny, and we can get right into it. All right, sounds good. Let's go. We're gonna do every. We're gonna do a, a little bit different this week. Instead of going straight through the DraftKings pricing, we're gonna go talk about golfers in each quadrant. So the first quadrant we're gonna talk about. If you have your bracket sheet in front of you, it's gonna be the one on the top left. It's gonna be Dustin Johnson, all the way down to Siwoo Kim, and we'll talk about each pod in each quadrant. So let's go ahead and start. With the first pod in quadrant one, it's Dustin Johnson at 11,400, Hideki Matsuyama at 8,200, Brandon Grace at 7,400, and Ches Reby at 6,700. Tambo, who do you like coming out of this group? Yeah, I think I think the consensus and the obvious one is going to be Dustin Johnson. Uh, like I said, I know he stumbled a little bit yesterday, so th- that's a little bit bothersome. Uh, the other side I would say is that he's also – a very aggressive player. So, if, you know, if he starts to to get a little bit too aggressive, some of these guys like Matsuyama or, or Revy or whatnot could, could get to him a little bit. And I think it'll be really dependent on what happens the first day in his first matchup. Obviously, he loves WGC events. He wants to win them. He's won here, specifically at Austin Country Club. Uh, a great record here, 10-5 and five overall at Austin Country Club. And in match play, and, and I would say he's the obvious consensus play, um, I think Matsuyama will be popular, but I'll, you know, without spending too much time on every quadrant, I know Kenny, you're going to want to go through some stuff. My other guy I like here is actually Ches Reevy. Uh, and I talked about a little, his recent form again, means nothing to me because I'm, it matters. Definitely. I don't want to discount that, but what I'm saying is, is if he gets out to one win and that can just be the confidence boost that he needs, the course is a little bit wider. Uh, I really looked at some stats, and I'm not using them heavily, but when I am using stats this week, I'm looking at like last 100 rounds. I'm looking for all-around golfers and guys that can show up. And what I like about Revy, I'm not very high on Grace. I like that DJ and Matsuyama can make some mistakes, and Revy can just grind it out. And at the end of the day, par beats bogey here, so he doesn't need to be a birdie maker. If these guys are making bogeys or possibly double bogeys, uh, Revy is capable of making pars and still winning the holes. So I wouldn't discount him completely. And you got to remember, I'm talking about a $6,700 guy here. So when you're building some of those lineups and needing to fill out from this quadrant, DJ is going to be very popular. Matsuyama is most likely going to be popular. Revy's a way to leverage this quadrant a little bit. And that's sort of my take on the overall for this one. What do you got, Kenny? Yeah, I like that take. Uh, you know, you got to find if you want to go against DJ and uh, Deki, I think Revy is the play. I do like that call. Uh, The thing about Dustin Johnson here is uh, I think about 33%, 35% of all approach shots here come from 100 to 125 yards as wedges. Now, DJ's wedge play hasn't been as good as it has been in previous years, but he's still a a premier wedge game player. Um, So I think this sort of fits him. 
Uh, I think he'll do fine here. I think he's the guy that's going to come out of the group. It's not really a hot take for me. But, um, you know, if you want to go contrarian over the front two, because the thing about DJ is, you know, DJ's not the greatest putter in the world, but he's leaps and bounds above all three of these other guys. And um, I think putting is huge when it comes to this. Now, putting is very, very variant uh, on a week-to-week basis. But I think that's something you should look at, especially if you're looking at golfers, if you're trying to pick between two golfers this week uh, and, and it's a tie in your book and, you know, they're in different quadrants, and but you can only roster one more of these, uh, maybe to get your second person in the quadrant. Um, I, I'd look at, I'd use strokes game putting as a tiebreaker and, and DJ has that advantage here and I'm going to go DJ out of this group. All right, so the next group, it's going to be Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Shane Lowry and Andrew Putnam. Um, now, here's the thing. Reed has been struggling here lately. But, again, match plays a different animal. And we know what Reed does um, in match play. And I think you can get him at a lower ownership uh, because of what's happened. In his form hasn't been that great. Uh, you know, And so he's working with Harold Ledbetter. Uh, he's actually being coached by him now. Hopefully that gets his swing. Uh, a little bit better. We've seen guys who switch coaches and immediately improve. Uh, the first person that comes to mind is Brant Snedeker, uh, who left. Um, I forget the guy's name. Famous guy worked with uh, worked with Tiger, and he went back to his old coach here a couple weeks ago, um, and then he came in third at the Players the week after. So it's not, you know, sometimes these new refreshing guys coming in, it gives you, gives these pros a little bit more of an open mind frame. It it makes it, you know, it makes them think a little bit less and just hit the ball. Uh, And so this could be the time to jump on Reed at lower ownership in in a style of event that suits him a lot. So I do like Reed coming out of this group. Tambo, who do you like? Yeah, Reed's working with everybody right now. I even saw some images from some guys there today. He was working on the greens with his wife, uh, Justine. So yeah, yeah he works with his wife about everything. Yeah, his wife's yeah, the one that called Ledbetter and told right. him, "Yo, my man needs some help. Yeah. <laughs> Hook a sister up." And he did. So I mean, good for him. I know she gets a lot of shit. Okay, uh, Patrick Reed's wife, but she's just trying to make him a better. She's trying to make him a better person. She's doing what wives do. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of extreme. But I can't hate on that. You know what I'm saying? I want my woman to be on my back, uh, to, to have my back all the time. That, that's a good thing. So, I mean, good for Patrick. Good for her. I know there's issues with the family and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, people people give too much shit about Patrick Reed and his wife, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think, you know, we'll never know the full story of the inside track. But, I, I, like you said, having a ride or die on your side never hurt nobody. So, no, uh, I do no. like that side of things. That's money. But, uh, yeah, I'm off him again. Um, I'll certainly have some shares just because – uh, obviously a solid match play player, you know, anything can pop anytime. He's great around the greens, uh, you know, here, if, if you don't, you know, all Pete Dye course essentially involve that. So if you're not coming up right on, you need to still have a good soft touch around the greens. I think he's got that, but for me, it's not really close. Uh, I'm all over Sergio in this range. Um, similar price, 85 versus 86. I, I think what I'm looking at, and one thing I didn't mention, and so we won't take a, a super long time here, but I do want to mention strategy things I think of as I go along. And one thing I didn't mention previously, and the, and the thing about I think DJ will be so popular in the above one, and, and the challenge is also, too, if you look at sort of what you want to call the left side of the bracket, so to speak, in my opinion, it's way stronger than the right side. If you look at DJ, Tiger, Rory, Rom. You know, there's just so many guys on that JT. There's any of these guys could come out of there. The other side is still strong. All these guys in the field are amazing. But what I will say is that even if DJ gets to 
you know, gets through the first couple rounds, he runs into like Tiger or Rory. It's not a guaranteed lock or anything like that. Nothing's a lock, but you know what I mean? It's not going to be as easy for him. So I don't mind in this range uh, taking some of these mid-price guys and even some of the punts. So big on Garcia. I hope that nine on Sunday makes people go off him completely. Uh, Before that, he looked fine to me. He actually looked a lot better. He's been coming into form, so to speak. Uh, In the last few, this was just a hiccup on Sunday. But, uh, you know, Austin ties. You know, I believe he has his home there. Uh, I'm sure he's comfortable with this. He's ha- he's had a good record here of 6-3-1. and one. Um, So I do like him for that reason. He's my favorite in this quadrant. And then my, my sleeper play of this quadrant is actually Andrew Putnam. Super cheap, $6,100. Uh, solid as far as all around. And what I mean by that is, again, I'm going back a little bit to this, this 100 rounds. And if you look at him, the, the places he pops, around the green, Bogey avoidance, which I'll talk about in a second. And then you mentioned the the 125, 150 range. Almost all of the par threes are 150 to 200. And in the 175 to 200, he's he's incredible uh, all around. So, I mean, he's got that shot in his bag where he can make some birdies that way if it, if it strolls out that far. But obviously, Reed and Garcia, we just saw, talked about Garcia's nine on one hole, that won't hurt you. That's the benefit of match play. But if that happens, Reed and Garcia are blow-up type guys, and I just don't like Lowry, sort of like my grace, the previous bucket. So uh, Putnam actually won in Texas as well, right? He won the Valero, I believe. So uh, I do like Putnam for $6,100. Again, I'm mentioning I'm going to take some of the cheaper guys from this side, and he's another one that stands out for me. All right, that sounds good. Let's move on to this next bracket. It's going to be Xander, uh, RCB, Hatton, and Westwood. Who you got here? Right out of the gate, I uh, got RCB. Um, really like him. Solid in match plays. I, another guy I love all around. He's a stronger version, though, because he can actually make birdies, eagles. Uh, you know, he has those opportunities here. He's 8-4-1 at this course. And I'm not going to lean on that heavily. Uh, I'm mentioning it just so you guys know that I, I see some good history here. But the sample size is so small that it really isn't as powerful as what I'm probably making it out to seem. So I don't want you to take that the wrong way. I'll mention that right now. Uh, More so from an all-around golfer perspective and upside, I think this is by far one of the harder groups. Uh, I do like his price of $7,500. He's been in pretty good form. Here's my thing on uh, the couple that I'm not – I'm going to have shares of everyone here, but Shafle I think is going to be too popular, and I think at $9,400 again – I don't know if he's going to be able to get all the way. Look at again who I, as I mentioned before, he's on this side. He has to face, you know, Sergio or or DJ or Reed in the next round if he gets through. That's already scary. And then it's going to be like a Tiger, Rory, you know, JT, one of those types later on. So he scares me a little bit. Hatton is one I know we're mentioning him now, and Rom's not till later um, or very uh, very quickly actually, but. Hatton is different than Rom in the sense I think they both have attitude problems. I think they both can blow up at any time. I mentioned how that can you know might not hurt you for a hole or two, and that's where I see this format. I'm jumping ahead, but I see this format benefiting Rom more because Rom can make the stupid call like out of the bunker two weeks ago, and that screws you for one hole. It doesn't screw up your tournament. You just move on to the next one. Hatton, when he gets in his head, you've seen it time and time again. The next three greens get beat up over spike marks in the past. He gets right out of it mentally. I think he's got the temper. I still think that Rom has the grit and the fortitude and what's required to go on and win, regardless of one hole going bad. So I'll be off. I'll be let lower owned on Hatton and Shoffley. And the last one, my sleeper of this group is Westwood. Um, 62nd in the world. He actually snuck in as 64th before um, the withdrawals because of uh, Ricky and Adam Scott, we should mention, not being here. 
but my, my mentions for Westwood are quite simple. Uh, a few things. One is he needs, he's got the master's narrative. So there's another guy I'll mention later that has that as well, but he's sitting, like I said, 62nd or 64th or whatever. Uh, he needs to get into the masters. He missed last year, but he's always been a guy that's incredible in the masters. He wants to be there. He knows he can perform there. Uh, you know, that's a, a spot that I can see him making a move. Uh, and then the other notes I had, here, I'm just going back through them quick guys, but, um, the experience. He's the other guy with 69 overall match play recorded events like Tiger. So he does have the experience. He's just over 500 on the whole. Um, but I think that experience still matters. He's built for it a little bit. Uh, and then the last thing is, I just put this, it's full narrative street, but he is a former number one in the world. Lee Westwood is, and he just watched uh, former number one, Luke Donald flash a little bit. I'm sure that sparked him up a little bit of old memories as well. And at 6,600, I don't mind him. In his last few events, he's been pretty good with form-wise as well. Yeah, I'm with you with Rafael Cabrera-Bello. He's my favorite in that thing. He's 15-7-1 in match play in his career. Really solid match play player. Another one who puts really, really well, uh, especially in times uh, you know when it's when you need a clutch putt in these type of events. So I do like RCB um, here in this range. He, you know, he had a third place here just a few weeks ago, so his form is not terrible. He did have that miscut the players. Or it might have been the week before the players. I'm not sure. But, you know, so I do like RCB. I think you talked about him enough. I'm a fan of him. And I do like Westwood. Again, that experience I think will help him. Uh, 35-33-1 in match play throughout his career. So I do like Westwood. That experience should help. Uh, I do like that narrative. He wants to make it to the Masters. Those are going to be my two uh, guys that I will play in that pod. All right, so let's go to this last pod in the first quadrant. It's going to be John Rahm. Matt Kuchar, J.B. Holmes, and Siwoo Kim. I'm going wrong here. I think his win over Tiger at the Ryder Cup last year was a huge moment in his career, uh, and I think he can build off that uh, to try and you know and, and use that as a motivator uh, when he goes into the match play this week. You know he finished runner-up here in 2017, so he, he likes the course, so I'm a huge Rom fan. I think uh, his distance off the tee, his aggressiveness, the way he plays so aggressive can be really, really beneficial here. Like you said, if he fucks up on one hole it's not going to kill him if he hits a drive 85 yards right he gets a double bogey whatever it's one hole the next hole he could pipe a 350 yard drive down the middle get get his wedge in and a tap and birdie i mean that that's rob's game that 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 bomb and gouge type game and even though this is a pete die course uh i think he'll still be pulling out driver i think he'll still be pulling out three with a shit ton I think that aggressive aggressiveness is going to go a long ways, and I like John Rom from this group to go out pretty easily. Now, Kucher uh, is a guy that he does have to worry about. Uh, now, you did say about you know, okay, Kucher is a Pete Dye guy, and I, you were right when you were talking about it earlier. How well does it really matter in match play? Well, in this instance, it probably does, just because uh, he's a match play guy too. Uh, so, you know, right. Kucher's strong uh, match play record throughout his career. He's 24-16-3 as a pro uh, in match play, 29-3, and 23-9-3 uh, and three, uh, in, in a WGC match play, and 5-3-3 and three here at Austin Country Club. Um, and he's having a great year. I think it's going to come down to these little two guys, but I think Rom takes the pot. Um, what, what do you think? Pretty clear cut, so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I mentioned about Rom. I think he's by far the easy favorite. Uh, what you said is exactly, and it fit the narrative of my fade in this pod, so that's why I'll bring it up, 
is yes, like I said, uh, the Siwoo Kim as the Pete Dye specialist example. That's kind of my my issue. Siwoo Kim it just got a bad draw in my opinion. If there's really a Pete Dye specialist in the entire tournament, it's probably Kucher. He's won like crazy this year. He's performed well. Uh, he's still solid and clutch. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think he's the guy that could upset Rom here, but I do want to bring up one interesting thing, and I'm coming fresh off another pod, and it was brought up on there because J.B. Holmes was not on my radar at all. I probably still can't get there, but there is an interesting narrative that the last two winners here at Austin Country Club were Bubba and DJ, who also happened to win the Genesis in the same year, which J.B. Holmes just won the Genesis. Huh. And, and on top of that, J.B. Holmes has – Actually, all around stats when you pull him for like last hundred is opportunities gained. When you think about Rom, my thoughts originally was that Rom will be way out there, and the benefit of a guy like Rom or DJ being out, you know, forty yards beyond the next guy is that they get to make the decision. If Kucher's thirty yards back and then puts it left, Rom could be a little bit more conservative because he knows he just has to make par to win the hole. As example, Holmes is a guy that can bomb and gouge with him, and actually leads in opportunities gained uh, over this quad. And I think that's interesting because, you know, that narrative is just fun and he's not a super great match play player, but we talked about that, you know, being small samples, you don't, you never know. That, that was his last, uh, you know, showing was that win. He, he had a couple miscuts since, but I think he could be interesting if he upsets Rom early or something that could throw Rom off. And then what if Kucher gets outdone? That's the guy I could see as the sleeper coming out of this pod. I like I, I, I I didn't think of that either, but I like that sort of because the thing about this course is the back nine is way more open. Um, it, it's a lot more driver heavy. So if he gets if he stays close to his opponents in the front, JB Holmes might have an advantage on the back. Uh, maybe not against Rom, uh, but against the other two guys. So um, yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. That makes a lot of sense. That's why I love this pod. You learn shit all the fucking time. I learn shit all the time from Tambo. Uh, so that's great. I like that. All right, so let's move on to the second uh, quadrant. This is going to be Justin Thomas all the way down to Luke List. Let's start at the top. Justin Thomas, Keegan Bradley, Matt Wallace, Lucas Beauregard. My sleeper here is going to be Lucas Beauregard. Uh, Beauregard led the field at the Players' Championship in greens and regulation. He was one of the top birdie makers on the European Tour last year. Uh, aggressive player. Uh, I think he's going to be sneaky. I think his his price is extremely cheap. Uh, I think he's not going to be very high owned. I think he can make for a good sneaky GPP play. Uh, but JT is going to be the favorite. Uh, he came out here uh, last year. He needed to get to the finals uh, to be the number one player in the world. Lost. Um, I think the Bubba uh, in the semis. So he has good experience. He has uh, good form here at this course. I think JT's the favorite, but I do like Lucas Beauregard a ton here uh, as a sleeper in this range. What about you there, Tambo? Yeah, I think it's, again, like you said, it's the obvious, the consensus favorites, JT. He hasn't really shown up his last couple events since that wrist injury, so he's just been in the mix a little bit, so I'm not sure about that but my my guy i thought you were gonna say i'm out of the gate my, my guy here is matt wallace uh he's a he's a you know a pit bull out there doesn't have a lot of match play experience but i mean he's 0-1 all time i'm not even sure what that was in but at 7100 he's cheap uh i don't know if people are gonna play bradley because of last week and his shitty record in match play that people will use that and go off of it so i'm not sure i might sprinkle him in a little bit as well because before going 
99.5% full Keegan because he wasn't quite first round leader, but you know, he went all the way. Uh, he was playing pretty well before that, right. In, in the previous events and whatnot. So, uh, but my guys, Wallace here, great recent form, solid all around golfer. He's got that fiery attitude. He's got the right mental state. He's good around the greens. He can make putts. Uh, I like Wallace for his price at 7,100 JT being the obvious favorite. I just, Worries me a little. And then what about if he has to face off against Rory or Tiger? I mean, he can beat anybody. He's elite. But I, I don't know. Again, I don't think people are going to be looking at that enough when they're looking at different... Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at six ninety-five as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Different quadrants here. So that's, to me, thinking ahead. Even back to J.B. Holmes, jumping back real quick. You know, can he get through the first round? Yeah. Do I want to go heavy on him? No, because even if he gets through, it's going to be into someone like DJ Reed, Matsuyama, or Garcia, I don't see him stand a chance against any of those guys. Uh, I just think he could beat, you know, a hot-headed Rom, for example, or a Kucher that's not on his game. So that's sort of the the thought process of overall strategy. All right, so let's move on to this next quad, this next pod. This next pod is 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 interesting to me. It's Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stenson, Jim Furyk. The first question I have for you, Tambo, is who do you think is going to be the highest owned out of these four? To be honest, probably Mickelson. You think? Uh, I was thinking Furyk. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, 7,200, I think he's a great play. He, I have him tagged here as my two, um, but for other reasons. But I, I know his recent forms on and whatnot. I just, this is, people want to play Stenson. People want to play Mickelson. Day will probably be the lowest own, to be honest with you. But, and that's who you know, I'm going with. That, that's, yeah, who, that, that's who I'm going to go with, Jason Day, because I feel like, He's not going to get the ownership that he deserves for being uh, a champion at this event, a two-time champion at this event, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think he won twice in the last six years. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but he's he's done well in match play, and I feel like he's going to be overlooked, uh, Jason Day. Uh, and at $9,800, I think he's worth the price tag, and I'm going to be riding him heavy. What about you? Not so much. I got him, uh, you know, I got him up there, but the two guys I like are actually going to be uh, Furyk and Stenson. Um, so Stenson, the big thing is just sort of, you know, coming around a little bit. He he was part of that crew with, uh, uh, who was the guys? Glover and uh, Casey that bounced back huge and Stenson was right behind them. So uh, solid match play, good, good match play player. Uh, can club down like he always does here, no problem, play it the way he wants, steady Eddie, can make, if he starts, if he gets hot, I mean, it's over for all these guys. Any of these guys in this group, it kind of works that way. Um, but the reason, you know, like I said, I don't think Furyk, because he's not, he's been the name lately, but I just don't see it as being as popular besides the obvious. 
of his recent form. But he was the guy I mentioned earlier um, that has that Masters narrative as well. He's the other guy. So beyond his recent form and his decent match play, like he's been good in match play overall uh, or fairly decent. Uh, he still needs to get to the top 50, man. So um, the, the one guy that stands out to me here that no one seems to be talking about and it makes me want to play him more is, like I say, Phil Mickelson. And even if he ends up being the most popular just because of his name, he does have match play. He hasn't played well recently, which makes me think after I said that, he might not be as high on thinking back and looking at it now. You mentioned the Ferret call. And the thing about this is a little bit wider fairways too. So if he can get, you know, if he stays out of the rough, you never know. He lives for stuff like this. We saw him in the the quote-unquote the match uh, takedown Tiger. That was a little bit different story what he was living for there. But I think that's still interesting um, you know, as a play here at just 8,000, it, it's, it's definitely something I'm looking at. Yeah. Phil really, you know, I, I, you would think that Phil's game would be suited for, uh, you know, this match play type of deal, but really he hasn't really done that great, uh, in match play. I think he made the quarterfinals here a couple of years ago. Um, and that's really about it. I mean, he's never really made it past the quarterfinals in any of these match play events. I'm a little bit worried about that. You would think that he would do okay, but I think Day, who's 24 and 11 in match play uh, singles, um, you know, if he's going to be not the highest owned in this group, I got to go with him. There's just too much. He's too good. The putting is too good. Uh, you know, he could spray it a little bit off the tee and to be okay. It's not like. Like you said, especially on the back nine, the front nine is definitely a little bit tighter. But the back nine, he can open it up a little bit more. Um, so I do like Jason Day in this range. All right, so let's this, move. this one's a little bit hard. I mean, it's a harder pod for sure. Yeah, and, it's and like a tough I said, one. Day, Day Day might be good leverage because everyone's going to have the Tiger, Rory's, and JTs coming out of these pods. Uh, just to mention quick though, because that's the other thing about this form guide on on FanShare is that uh, Mickelson's actually twenty four and fourteen in WGC match play alone. And he's got the exact same record as Day without the win at Austin, eight and three. Oh well, there you go. I did not know. So that. It, yeah. it is interesting. Like I say, for eight thousand bucks, just to say he could show up, and if no one wants to play him, but I, I think I might be overthinking Day a little bit here, and I do like what your calls are there. So that's a good call at ninety eight hundred, and good leverage on the entire um, four four quad four pods here. Yeah, this next one is interesting too. It's Tiger, Cantlay, Snedeker, and Wise. Who you got coming out of this? Big, big dog, Tiger. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, I think it'll be popular. You know, people could say whatever. Good spot to fade. I don't care. Uh, I think that he loves I, – I think a couple things. I think he loves the spot. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, if he wanted just to get ready for Augusta, he could. But he's playing – you know, he's playing here for a reason. So uh, the format sets up better for him. He's done decent in stroke play. Before his T30th last time out, he was T10, T15, T20th, and 17th. Now he gets to go one-on-one with these guys. And honestly, there's some buzzsaws in this group. There's some guys that could get it done because he's got the, you know, Cantlay, Wise, Snedeker. Uh, there's there's a spot here for other guys, and I'll get into it in a second. But I think as far as Tiger's concerned, I think this is one that people might overthink um, at the, in the end. Right now, everyone says they'll click the button. But in the end, I think guys like, oh, I'll get Contrain and play Cantlay, who I do like. And, and I'll go on, on him, all-around player. I think he's going to be strong, you know, the ones that I'm not as high on are Snedeker and Wise, um, but obviously they both can get hot at any time. Wise can make a lot of bogeys, or sorry, a lot of birdies. And the other thing about Wise is he also won uh, the Byron Nelson, which is in Texas, uh, when he got stubbed on the kiss from his girlfriend. 
Um, so maybe maybe he likes Texas as well too, and, and he can make a lot of birdies. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm heavy on Woods here. Yeah, I'm in on Tiger. But here's the one thing about Tiger Woods: when he was in his prime and he was playing these match plays, it was a different animal. Everyone was terrified of him. You know, I mean, like everyone was so intimidated by him. Now these young guys, they're not intimidated by Tiger anymore. They want to beat him. Um, so that's a little bit of a difference because that intimidation factor that Tiger had in his prime in these match play type events was a huge deal. Uh, I mean, it was a huge deal, and that's not there anymore. Um, he's also playing with Snedeker, who he's good friends with. So that whole intimidation, that fear factor of playing Tiger is gone, and it's eliminated from the repertoire that Tiger has when he plays match play, and that's something to pay attention to. Cantley can go out there, I think, and he can beat him, but – I am going Tiger uh, as well out of that pot. All right, let's do this. That last thing on it, Kenny, right quick. Just what you said, you're right. I, I had that in my <laughs> notes, the fear factor portion that he sort of lost it a little bit. But the thing is, again, comes back to strategy, comes back to the, looking at the grand scheme of things. Snedeker is what it is. I, I think, honestly, I, I love Cantlay as the contrarian player, but I think Snedeker is actually probably the best because of the experience, the friendship, comfortability, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think Wise is that good realistically and Cantlay could be not scared of Tiger but in the moment he doesn't have a lot of experience it is going to be a bigger crowd that sort of thing with Tiger and the thing is when Tiger gets to the next round and we're going to go to it right away so it's a good segue Rory's going to be the favorite and Rory might overplay against Tiger right he's comfortable with the crowds he's better than Tiger right now no doubt I'm just saying that can get in his head in a sense of not fear factor but wanting to beat him that bad because of the competitor he is, and, and he could overplay and start making some mistakes. So Tiger does have a bit of a decent path as well on the overall. Yeah, uh, Rory, Fitz, Harding, and List on this last uh, pod for the left side of the bracket. I sort of like – I mean, Rory's a favorite. I'm not even going to go over that too much. The guy's playing out of his mind. Though he did bow out in the round-robin round the last two years here at Austin Country Club. Um, the two guys that interest me are the bottom two guys. Justin Harding, not many people know about. Five worldwide wins last year. He's coming off a win and a runner-up in his last two events played. So this guy might be the hottest guy, you know, even though I think he's playing the Sunshine Tour, uh, so it's not like the, the best competition in the world, but he might be the hottest guy coming into this tournament. Uh, with a win and a runner-up in his last two finishes, five wins worldwide in the last year. Uh, this guy can make some noise. He has talent. Uh, so I think that's a sneaky play uh, out of this range if Rory uh, fumbles up. And and List, the way List's game is, where he bombs it, makes a shit ton of birdies, it seems suited for match play as well. So I think Rory's going to have a tougher time in this bracket than most people think. What about you? What do you think? It's not even close. I think it's McElroy all the way. If he fails again, I'll be very surprised. It definitely can happen, so there's leverage spot here to do it. I got the guy you said in Harding, um, only because no, no one will really know about him. It's not that you have to know a lot about him. It's more so that he's 6200 bucks. He's got confidence in his game right now. It doesn't matter where he played or what he won. It's all a confidence thing. you got to be feeling good coming off of a win in a second most recent, coming in strong, and, and maybe – uh, you know, like I said, Rory fumbles up or, or something happens. I don't really like list only because, like you said, I know you can make mistakes, but you also got to make some putts along the way at some point, right? You know, if he's bogeying and guys are making pars, it's not good enough. So I don't like that. The guy that would be sneaky, actually, I think, and has a little bit of form, has it going kind of, uh, you know, 41st, a second, a 27th, a miscut, and a 16th. 
uh, is Matt Fitzpatrick. You know, he got the touch around the green, decent stats all around. I don't think he can do it, but he'd be the guy. And then Harding for, you know, just a sprinkle because he's so cheap. And if he upsets him, you got a good spot coming out of there. Now, Fitz and Rory played in the same group here in a tournament here recently, and Fitz actually beat Rory uh, in that group in that group pairing. Yeah. I forget which that one was, it was. That was another point. Yeah, it was like a seventy-one versus a seventy-two, and took yeah. him down. All right, so, so let's move. Let's move on to the right side of the bracket. Uh, we're going to start with the quadrant from Rose to Kadira. Let's start in this first pod: Rose, Woodland, Pepperell, Grillo. Who do you like in this range? Another really strong bracket here, so or quad or pod, whatever you want to call it. Um, biggest thing for me is, uh, and I'll have to see how this goes as the week goes on. Right away, I want to be off Rose just because he pops in all the stats, um, and he's an elite player on the other side. It, it just worries me the group that he's in. Um, it worries me kind of the guys that he might run into, if it's like Molinari or Hal or someone who can just – Work them, and not in a way that to overtake them. Rose is much stronger than them, but they're really consistent as well. So it would sort of be more of a coin flip, in my opinion, than like an automatic, like what we just saw with Rory and his grouping. Um, and then in this group, it's tough. You got Woodland, you got Pepperell, you got Grillo, all guys that I think can pop. Um, the one thing I did note was a quote that Rose said that he doesn't really like this setup. He also doesn't like the timing. He wants to get ready for Augusta. He's got the Masters on his mind. I don't know if that means he'll just go out and suck, but I, I do think that it'll affect him in some way, shape, or form. And he hasn't really been great in match play. 16, 16, and 2, 10, 11, and 1. For a guy on one of the larger sample sizes, it's not fantastic. And these other guys could buzzsaw him down. The the ones I like the most are Woodland. Um, just people won't be on him probably because recent form, last few times out, especially the missed cut that just happened. Uh, and then Grillo, uh, just a good all-around game. You know, again, not a lot of experience to talk about match play, but Woodland, Grillo, really tough um, tough pod here. Who do you got, Kenny? Uh, I like Woodland coming out of the group uh, a lot. Uh, you know, 6-1-0 and oh, uh, at Harding Park uh, when the WGC was here. 2-1-1 and one at Austin Country Club. So the last few times he's played, he's had a solid match play record. Um, I think Pepperell is the sneaky one. Uh, if you remember, he played TPC Sawgrass. I think he shot 63 or 64 on the final day uh, to move on up very, very high. It's another uh, Pete Dye course. Uh, the guy can get hot. Uh, he's sneaky. I love his attitude. Uh, so I sort of like uh, Pepperella as a sneaky play, but I like Woodland coming out of the group. All right. So let's move on to this next quadrant. It's going to be Bubba, Spieth, Billy Horschel, and Kevin Na. I sort of like Billy Horschel uh, a little bit coming out of this group. Uh, Bubba's, I, I like Bubba too, uh, but Billy Horschel, that attitude that he has, that that grinder, that bulldog mentality, I think it's perfect for match play. And he doesn't really have too much match play experience. So, you know, we haven't really seen him uh, go off. I think he's 4-4 four and four overall, and it's all been here at the WGC. Uh, so he's 1-2 and two at Austin Country Club. But I feel like he's a better player now than he has been when he played those few years. And you know he wants to make the Ryder Cup. You know he wants to make the President's Cup. He was... And so, you know, this is a showing for him this week, uh, especially with that group with Spieth and Bubba ahead of him. I think he's going to go out here and have a really strong mind frame, go out there and try and win everything. And I like I like Billy Ho uh, in this group a lot. And I do like Bubba. Uh, he's coming in with great form. He won here last year. It's crazy because, like, this course doesn't seem like it should suit him, but he does extremely well here. So those are the two guys that I'll be looking at in this pod. What about you? 
Yeah, Watson's the consensus pick. Uh, again, I think everyone wants to take that, especially because a previous year winner, that always becomes popular. Um, well, let's go with this first. First of all, I love Billy Horschel. Uh, he's my favorite play. Uh, you just mentioned everything about him. The Bermuda Greens he's strong on. He's a grinder. He's got the right grit, fortitude, attitude, whatever you want to call it, to be able to take these guys down. He doesn't give a shit about Spieth, Watson, or nah. I can tell you that right now. He'll play through that easily. Uh, and I like for what he can come out and go up against. I think he's a grinder um, that it would you know love to take on Molinari or Hal or some of these Casey's and those types in the next round. So I, I could see him going quite a ways here, to be honest. But I'm going to play the guy. I'm finally going to turn the corner, Kenny, and go back on it. Uh, haven't played him in forever. Um, but I got a feeling this week about Jordan Spieth. Oof. I like him. Uh, I think uh, the leverage in the quad is is already solid because he's 200 bucks cheaper than Bubba. And he should be much less owned than Bubba. Uh, so I like that aspect of it. I don't just do it for that reason. Um, but he's actually been solid. So in WGC match play, 11-5-1 here, 6-3-1. It's a home course for him. I saw some tweets that he was the first one to show up to the course this week. Uh, had a little bit of a break. You know, I think there's a reason that he's here. And I think he's trying to prove something. And I also think the match play format sets up a lot better for him. We don't got to worry about... Uh, if he falls back for three holes on Saturday or something like that, when we're normally watching him and say, oh, he just screwed us after a great start, it, he can have a couple bad holes. His mental is, you know, pretty bad and messed up at times. This is really a tournament leverage play that I'm talking about here. But if I'm saying it, the guy that hates on him more than anyone, I, I think it's a spot to go back on. And I really like the leverage spot in the group over Bubba. But Horschel is still my favorite here. All right, so let's move on to this next quad, uh, next pod. It's going to be Casey, Cam Smith, Charles Howe III, and Abraham Answer. Who you got? Interesting one. I think it'll be the less popular as well, but I'm, I'm not going to stay with Casey here. Uh, I know just coming off the win, it can be good for some guys. It actually has been proven, I guess, to be better for some guys, but uh, he's just not compared to the other guys in here that I kind of like. Uh, someone I want to roll with at 9,100. And the guy I really love here is Charles Howe III. He, he's the real, uh, you know, the the second tier, I guess, of Steady Eddie that would be after Casey. He's just so much cheaper. I think he's one of the best values of the week at $7,400. Him and RCB are two guys that stand out at seventy four for Howe and $7,500 for RCB. Howe has been solid. He's good all around. Uh, he can compete with these guys in the group, in my opinion. So he's by far my favorite. And then the other guy I actually like is Cam Smith. Um Somehow he's more expensive than Hal. That's the problem I have, but that'll make him super contrarian. Uh, and he's got better Vegas odds, that sort of thing. But he's another guy. Steady Eddie has shown up in some uh, some majors. So in strong fields, he's shown capability. He's got really good around the green game, as I talked about, is one of the stats that I like. And just an all-around stat perspective from last 100 rounds. Uh, and I think it was last year here, but 3-1-1. Like, one one. It wasn't like he was terrible. So uh, he's sort of the backup pick there. Those are the two that I'm on. Who do you got? I like Charles Howe the third. He's my favorite. He's my pick to get out of this pod. Uh, the thing about Chucky is that you have to beat him. He's not gonna get. He's not gonna you know fuck up and you know what I'm saying. He's not gonna fuck up and you're gonna easily win. You you have to play a good game to beat him because Charles Howe the third is very consistent. Uh, doesn't make yeah. too many mistakes. And so the thing about CH three is he's gotten out of the round robin the last two years. And he's been like the third or fourth person of the C, the C golfer, or the D golfer each time. So, uh, you know, this is not new territory for him. So I really do like Charles Howe III coming out of this group. All right. So the last group in this quadrant, it's going to be Molinari, Webb, 
Olison and Kadira. Uh, Molinari is a fave. I got no issue with that. The guy's 5-0 and at the Ryder Cup last year. Um, you know, he won his singles match. The one sneaky pick I sort of like here is uh, Thorbjorn Olison um, at $6,500. Beat Spieth 5-4 and at the Ryder Cup last year. He has that sort of bulldog mentality, sort of like a horseshoe as well. So um, I'm a fan of Olison uh, as like the sneaky you know, sneaky GPP play uh, in this range. Now he's only four and nine all time in match play. So he's not the best, but I just got a feeling uh, after his win beating Spieth last year, that was a big moment in his career. Um, You know, Spieth was still one of the top 10 players in the world at that time. And so um, I I like him as a sneaky play, but in Molinari, I think is, is deservedly the favorite and a $9,300 price tag. That's pretty cheap and hard to avoid. Uh, What about you there, Tambo? Yeah, can't can't really overthink it. Love Molinari. I mean, the spot is good. I actually have the exact same sleeper, so to speak, in Olison Thunderbear. I, I think again, four and nine is too small of a sample size. But even if we were talking that, you know, Simpsons nine, ten, and three, Molinari's fourteen, sixteen, and two. They're all bad here. It really doesn't matter. What what I like is I definitely like Molinari better than Webb. That's just me. So I know he costs more and for a reason, but I think Molinari is the world-class player. You saw it at the Ryder Cup. He'll be popular, but I think he's the guy that can actually get on to the Elite Eight, Final Four, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, how far you really think he can go, I should say, versus what you want to call it. But I think he can go quite the distance with the way his overall setup is on the entire quadrant. Uh, but Olsen, like you said, can can just catch on fire. And I think he'll have a little bit of confidence. And if he does, I don't see Kodaira being a problem for anybody uh, Webb is always a, a, a hit or miss guy and he's a little bit cheaper, like I said, than Molinari by a thousand bucks, but Molinari just to me seems like the odds on favorite. So heavy on Molinari with a backup of Olison here. All right. So let's go to this next, uh, let's go to this, um, final quadrant, the bottom right side. We're going to go Bryson all the way to Tom Lewis. I'll go ahead and start the Bryson Leishman barn rat Knox pod. Uh, I like Leishman. A lot here at $8,800. He's 2-0-1 in President's Cup singles. Uh, the guy has, you know, the game to beat anybody in this pod, anybody in this tournament. I mean, the guy's a solid player. Uh, when he when his putter is hot, it stays hot. Uh, so I do like Leishman here in this range. Bryson worries me a little bit just because when I saw him at the players, it looked like he was trying to find find his game. Now, he ended up playing pretty well, uh, going pretty, doing well, but I worry about that. Sometimes with Bryson, when it comes to match play, he's already fighting the course and, like, science and all this stuff so much that when you add another layer and you have to fight an opponent, I don't know how how he'll go about that currently. Now, he did win the U.S. Amateur, so he has that in his repertoire, but he did lose to Alex Noren in the singles last year at a really piss-poor Ryder Cup um, performance last year, and that could be in the back of his mind. Uh, the sleeper in this is I like Russell Knox. Uh, Knox has been one thing, like I said, about like 30, 33, 35% of all approach shots come from 100 to 125 yards. He is excellent in that range. He's actually second in opportunities gained uh, in the last 12 rounds. So he's had a lot of chances for birdie. Um, so I do like Knox as a, as a cheap sleeper uh, in this range. Who do you like? That's the guy. Uh, often, I mean, this is another really strong grouping with, with you know, Bryson, Leishman, Barnrat, who's a killer in match play and here and loves the format. 
in in the Euro events as well, and then Knox. But Knox is the guy I literally referred to as as a pit bull. So it's exact mentality I want. Super consistent player, all around golfer, playing decent lately. Had a twenty fourth just last week, even with uh, you know a blow up sort of at the beginning, then got an albatross and then flipped it from there and then had another little blow up. So, I mean, he's a guy that's just fine for this format. I kind of like your take on Leishman. I wasn't as high on him earlier and just hearing you talk about him and think about it. I think he could be sort of the sleeper. I think a lot of people will go Bryson and I like him, but oh man, Bryson, like you said, he's, he's one of those ones that's more like a hat and of a head case than a, you know, you seen him blow up on the course that time when his game was off then a bounce back guy he's sort of a bounce back next tournament type thing not next hole and, and get his head on straight so i'm kind of like where you're going with it Knox was my favorite out of the group by far i wanted to have a sprinkle of barn rat and then i like dechambeau but i'm kind of flipping it as we're on the pot here and thinking that i like leishman uh actually as sort of a backup to um dechambeau instead of dechambeau i should say so for now that's where i'm at uh you know i think we can move on but Knox is by far my favorite here all right, so let's move on to this next pod. It's Tommy Fleetwood, Usti, Stanley, and on. Who do you got? Louie. Yeah, I'm a chaser on this one. I know it's one you know round, basically. I mean, it wasn't one round. He played well the entire week. He finished second. Um, but his round on Sunday, to me, like I said, I, I used a bunch of description words earlier for it. I, I thought it was incredible just watching him and the touch he was putting on that ball. It made me start thinking about the Masters. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm... I'm Louis Lovestruck, but I'm telling you, something about him looked good. I know that Fleetwood's going to be popular here. Obviously, you know, fairway God, fairway Jesus in Tommy Fleetwood. Um, Great recent form, stats galore. Everything's going to pop. He's a a 22 to 1 favorite or something. But my issue here is the price 9,600 versus Usti at 7,500. To me, I, I like Usti with a sprinkle of Benny on. More than I'm excited to to go hard on Fleetwood here, but but maybe that's just me, Kenny. What do you got? No, I'm with you. I'm Usti all the way here. I mean, that $2,100 price difference for guys who are pretty, you know, when it comes to match play, I'd say they're pretty evenly matched. Um, you know, Usti has a pretty solid track record in uh, match play, if I'm not mistaken. Let me take a peek here. He's 2012 and two uh, in his career, 19 and 10 in the WGC, and 10 and four here at Austin Country Club. So, and again, I'm using uh, Fanshare Sports B Hacks' form page. It's amazing. I'm looking at pretty it right crazy, now. Eh? That, that's yeah. a sick guide. I was like, yeah, the, the guide like is using. sick, man. It's yeah. such a such a nice tool to have, especially for this week. So once again, if you have a chance, go to FansharesSports.com, use promo code DGEN10, case-sensitive, uh, and get that 10% off for this week. It'll be worth it. But I do like Usti, uh, and I like Benny on uh, here in this range. Again, his tee to green game has been strong. Uh, his off-the-tee game has been really, really good. He's been leaving himself a lot of opportunities for birdie. And in 6,300, I think he makes a good punt play at the bottom of your list. All right, so let's move on. This is probably my favorite group coming up here. It's going to be Finau, Poulter, Kisner, and Mitchell. This is a tough-ass motherfucking group. Like, I was all in on Finau, okay? Uh, Finau has, you know, beat – he destroyed Tommy Fleetwood in the Ryder Cup singles match, six and four, uh, after Fleetwood was fleet god for the first three days. And he came in and just pounced – Oh, Tommy Fleetwood that day. Now, there wasn't that much on the line. The Ryder Cup was basically already 
you know, uh, Europe already had it handily won, but still, that's pretty impressive by Mr. Finau over there. Uh, he's three and one in his career in match play. I think his distance should be useful. Uh, I think his aggressiveness should be nice, and I do like that. But then he's in the same group as Poulter and Kisner, another uh, two other guys that I love this week. Both that, that Kisner Poulter match is going to be must see TV, and I know that sounds weird, you know, for like most. Uh, casual golf fans, you know, you ask them, what matchup are you looking for uh, most, you know, and I doubt anyone's going to be Poulter Kisner, but that's me. Uh, These two guys, when they battle up, I cannot wait for this match. Uh, It's going to be a good match. I think the winner of that match will will go with Finau, you know, will be with Finau in in the top two to see which one can make it. I think, uh, I don't know how the, uh, the uh, the matches go and who plays who on what day, uh, but and then you got Mitchell down there who's just been hot as hell. Who's been we're on Bermuda again. The guy is Bermuda Keith Mitchell. That's his name now. Uh, Bermuda Killer Keith. Uh, so this is a tough ass motherfucking bracket. Uh, I'm still sticking with Finau. Uh, because that was my choice before the brackets came through. I just have a feeling about his game. Uh, I think he can win this event, especially being on this side of the bracket. Now, we talked about this earlier. If you look at the left side of the bracket, you got JT, you got Rory, you got Tiger, you got DJ, you got Rom, right? It's going to be fucking impossible to get out of that to get into the Final Four. Now, on the right side of the bracket, which we're on now, great players. But it's not as heavily infested uh, with the top-notch elite of the elite guys. So I think Finau has a chance to go through. He just got to get through this group, and this group is tough. Uh, it is a toss-up. I'm going to go Finau. I'm going to play Poulter and Kisner as well. Probably one of the, you know one of the few pods where I'm going to be rostering three guys from maybe even four. Uh, in my GPP lineups this week in, in different iterations. Of course, not in the same lineup. We all know that's not what you do this week. But uh, I'm looking forward to this group. I'm going Finau uh, out of this group. But goddamn, it's going to be a tough group. And I can't wait to watch that Kisner-Polter match. What about you there, Tambo? Yeah, you went off because it is that good of a group. In my opinion, it's the best group. It is actually the only group that I will probably play all four out of. Again, like you said, obviously not together. But it, what happens is, like you said, I like Finau because he can come out. He's my least favorite, actually. I'll go through it in a second here. I think it, it's unfortunate for him he he drew this group. It just is what it is. Uh, to, just to rehash quickly, but how strong it is for him that if he gets out of here, he can go far because he runs into like a Kepka or a Norin probably, which we'll get to in a second, which he can beat and then move on from there. So in my opinion, I, I get it from that perspective, but because of how strong the left side is, these other guys, Poulter, Kisner, and Mitchell, I'll go into in one second. Um, Poulter and Kisner for sure can get all the way to the finals. So as value plays at 7,700 and Kisner at 7,000 seems too low uh, in looking at it further. I think that these are the guys I want to have a taste of all of them. And as you mentioned, you, you know, Bermuda Keith Mitchell, and then you, you dropped it in afterwards, the killer, that his nickname ain't killer for nothing. So on the green with Brooks and Ricky to get his first win, basically they're right there watching along to see if they can get in a playoff. Like, how does this guy make an 18-footer? He doesn't, right? Wait a second. Pow, right in the kisser. Boom. He's on to the, with the first win. Get some congratulatory, you know, high fives from Ricky, as always. And even Brooks came over because that was money. That, that was a huge putt at that time at a huge spot for his career. Game changer. Love that. He loves the Bermuda, like you mentioned. He's feeling it good right now. He's got nothing to lose in this group. Nothing. And he's, and he's 6,400. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's so worrisome. 
You know, so what I'm everything saying? to gain, yeah. nothing to nothing lose. Nothing to lose. I, yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my boy Ian Poulter. Uh, the schedule changed this year, lines it up so that this week is actually on the same week as the Houston Open last year where he made that bomb to force himself into the Masters. And I actually took down the dogleg first and third that week that I'm pretty proud of. And Poulter is a guy that has a real sample size to talk about. 41-17-5, and 28-14 in WGC, and yeah, he was 4-1 so here. Yeah, so, so this sick. guy is a tough guy to be up against. And you want to talk about a guy like Woods who maybe doesn't strike a, a fear in people right now because of his game as of late or, or as a grand scheme of things, you know, versus back in the day, Poulter in match play has got to be scary. People know who he is. They know his record. They know he's fired up. He don't give a fuck either. And he's going to go out and be trying to take this shit down too. So I love this entire group and it's the only one. And like I say, unfortunately for Finau, a guy I love at $9,000, He'll get in because, like I said, he can go on so far. But these other guys are all in solid spots. This is by far the best group in the tournament, in my I, opinion. I'm going to say right now, the winner of this group will make it to the Elite Eight. I think exactly get, why I think, I'm so high on that group. You're right. I think they'll get past whoever comes out of the Kepka group because they have to grind so hard to win. Uh, you know, uh, to, to win this group, the winner. I think the winner of this group will go to the Elite Eight. Uh, I think they'll go against Usti. Uh, in that Elite Eight, and that will be a, a fun match to watch. So, all right, so let's go to this final pod. And this is the pod of who knows, right? I mean, it's Kepka, Norin, Hao Tong Lee, and Tom Lewis. Now, Kepka, just on paper, you look, and it's like he should easily win this, but his form is awful. Um, he lost, what, 25, 30 pounds, and I never really got the answer. Did you hear why he lost so much weight, Tambo? I actually uh, have that article saved to read, but I really thought it was something to do with like a Sports Illustrated edition or something that he was doing a uh, an ad for or something. I, I have it somewhere here. If you want to keep talking, I can pull yeah, it up quickly. If that's, if that's the fucking reason, that's crazy. Uh, because to, to do that, I mean, that's affecting your game. You know, when you lose, when you when you when you go through that big of a body change, we saw it with Aaron Wise, and it took him a few months uh, after gaining twenty five pounds of muscle to get where he is. We saw it with Bubba. Or when he lost like eight billion pounds and looked like he was sick as shit, uh, like sugar-free Bubba, man, sugar-free Bubba. Yeah, and and and, 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 and that plus the ball change fucked him over. Uh, and, you know, so I, I am not as high on Kepka as a lot of people would be in this range. I like Norin, even though he's been sucking ass. Uh, here recently, missing three of his five cuts on the tour this year. But the guy is a match play darling. He's sort of like the Swedish, not as crazy Ian Poulter. Uh, you know, the guy's 11 and 4 at this event alone, 17 and 7 in match play as a pro. Beat Bryson DeChambeau, uh, you know, one of the hottest golfers in the world at that time. You know, Bryson is coming off three wins in. You know, some some so like like in the in the two or three months before the Ryder Cup, um, so uh, I think I'm going to go Norin here uh, in this range, uh, even though he hasn't been playing well. Uh, I'll probably play some Kepka because it's Kepka, but that weight loss, especially if it's for a a fucking advertisement, that shit just sounds fucking dumb. Uh, you know, uh, if that's what it was, then that's crazy yeah. to me. Um, and so I'm going to go Norin out of this range. What about you, Tambo? Uh, possibly maniacal, but I might actually not really play anyone out of this. And uh, so it was ESPN body issue is what he was doing it for. Literally took 10 to 12 yards off his game. 
Yeah, what the uh, fuck are you thinking, dude? Stupid. Like you what the fuck? Like, like that's so retarded. It just seems so dumb to me. I, like, I do I, think one thing lately about Kepka, it may be extremely ignorant of me, but I, I will say this. I, I love the fact that he's got a little bit cockier with everything that he's doing because I, I'm a I'm not arrogant about things, but I, I, I like to be right. I, I like to have my opinion said, and that's just who I am. People know me, love me, or hate me. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's got a little bit aggressive lately, and I think it's almost him being a little bit ignorant of the fact that I, we get it, dude. Like, you won three majors. You're incredible. You're you're a dominant player. I, I love the guy. I think he's awesome. I just think lately with this stuff, it's almost like he feels untouchable, and he's just, you know, he's rolling with the narrative of, I'm just here to win majors. I've got three now. What do you got? And that's fine, but if you're not, you know, for me playing fantasy sports or daily fantasy sports in this case, I'm not going to be as high on a guy when I when I see sort of things like this. And to me, this grouping, it's Norin or Kepka. Kepka should run away with it. But my issue is that, like I said, in what we just went through in the overall scheme of things, I think all these guys get run over by whoever comes out of that previous group we Agreed. went so hard on. Agreed. So that to me, again, you don't have to play or go hard on someone from every single quadrant just because. There's other ways to do it and get around to it where you still won't meet them until later on. All right. So I think that's going to go uh, – that's going to do it here. Uh, let's go over our betting segment there. Why don't you take us in there, Tambo? Yeah, so betting segment sponsored by betql.co. Uh, same people that brought you RotoQL. Uh, essentially want to go on their site, betql.co, download the app. It's good on the Apple uh, App Store as well as the Android app on Google Play. You can get it for, and the three main focuses they're looking at are value bets. Uh, idea there is just to have their algorithms provide you with the top value bets of the day. A uh, big thing for them with baseball coming around, and I'll mention that again in a second, but baseball coming around for them is huge, so you want to check it out if you're into that. Uh, line movement, so you can see how the lines are moving throughout the day, big when it comes to something like football. Uh, and then in any sport, betting, public betting is huge. So you want to know where the money's at uh, to see what side you're on. And then you can sort of get some schemes and, and go from there. So uh, as far as betting goes, that's huge. My bets of the week. And, and one thing I'll mention real quick on baseball, Kenny, you mentioned it earlier with draft. Uh, if you go to draft.com slash DGEN or just download the app and use promo code DGEN, uh, they'll give you a free $3 ticket. And we talked about the majors best ball, which I think is going to be huge. Uh, it's a format that's going to take over. Um, not completely over what we're doing right now with Daily Fantasy, but just as a secondary format, it's been huge. It was big in football. Huge I'm going to play football. a ton of it yeah. for football this season. And if you're into baseball, so I brought that back up, they have the $125, uh, something like a 1,000 man, where you can win 30 Gs up top for $125 buy-in. If you know anything about baseball, you want to jump on there and get your free $3 ticket. So draft.com slash DGEN uh, to get in. Uh, bets for the week, Kenny, what do you got? And then I'll go through mine. I've just got two, but who do you got? All right. So I was reading a uh, Sundog Monkey's uh, article this week. And it's Martin. Uh, it's at Sundog Monkey, really sharp guy. He works for Patty Power now, does uh, golf tips each week. You should follow him on Twitter. And what he was saying was he was going to avoid betting on golfers on the left side of the quadrant. And I agree with that because you're going to have to deal with Rory, JT, Rom. DJ, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, Day, Tiger, all on that left side. So all of my bets are going to be from the right side of the quadrant. Uh, my first one's going to be Tony Finau at 33 to 1. I already had that locked in before I saw the brackets. Uh, now it's going to be a lot tougher road for him now, but I still think that he could pull it off. And I do think the winner of that pod will go far. Uh, so I'm going to go him. I'm also going to go Oosthuizen at 40 to 1. It's sort of a hedge. Because at that bottom quadrant, or that bottom right quadrant, I really like those two guys. So I think one of those two is going to go uh, to the Final Four. 
And so I'm going to bet that my two favorites in that quadrant, because I think that quadrant is the easiest one to get through. And so I'm going to go Usti at 40 to 1. And then I'm also going to go Charles Howell III at 90 to 1 this week. Those are going to be my three picks for the WGC matchup. Yeah, so I just I just had a couple. Uh, I I agree with you. I like the idea of the right side factor, and and Sundog Monkey is a pretty sharp guy. I follow him, uh, read his article every week. I do like that. Um, the big thing there though is the right side's the way to go, unless you know the winner on the left. And I think the winner could be Tiger Woods. I told you uh, he's showing up here for a reason. I really like Tiger this week, and when I logged on and saw him at twenty nine or twenty eight to one or whatever it was. I thought that number was a bit ridiculous, especially because I can get the each way, my case only up to the top four, but I'll still take it. If, if Tiger can get through the first round, I feel good about him against a guy like Rory uh, I, and then going from there. So to me, I, I like Tiger, uh, 29 to 1, 28 to 1, whatever it was. I'm actually going to add one more and tell you on Hal because I, I really do like Hal. Um, he's another good spot. And then my other one is just a long shot, but as we talked about Killer Keith, 125 to one. I do feel good about if he can break out of that group. And like I said, he's got nothing to lose. Um, so at 125 to one with an each way, I'm going to try it. If he gets through, I think I'm going to be feeling pretty good. I got a, a good feeling about him this week. And if he can bust through that first group, we're in business. All right. Sounds good. Let's do our one and done pick. Uh, mine is going to be uh, Ustazen this week. Uh, it's going to be, it was either Usti or Finau. And since Finau has the harder pod, I'm going to go Usti. Yeah, I, I've actually got the exact same, surprisingly. And, and uh, the reason is, is uh, it's sad, but I don't have a lot of these big names left, and it's too early for that. But I went hard after segment one. I got a bunch of, like, top fives and top nines, so I'm sitting under $2 million, which is nowhere near the top. But it just sucks that I've never had a guy, like, less than top 20 or top 29 or something. And I had a lot of top tens, but the money just wasn't paying enough. Um, but I went after the the strategy of, okay, the you know JT might be better at the Masters, let's say randomly, but I'd rather him at a softer event where he has better upside to win, in my opinion. And in the end, it didn't work out. So I'm gonna go with Louis as well this week, uh, and lock him in because I haven't used him yet, and I really do, like I said, love his form coming into this. I think he can make the finals for sure. All right, sounds good. It should be a fun week, guys. Uh, did we miss anything? No, I think that's it, man. Good week. It's All gonna right. be a lot of fun. All right, tell them where they can find you there, buddy. Yeah, gupscorner.com. Guys, definitely want to sign up. Uh, 20 days left before the Masters promo. Um, basically, on that Sunday night, it goes and flips whole different numbers. Right now, you get in for $6.99 a month, which takes you past the Masters, or 69 bucks for the year, uh, which is by far the best deal. I think one of the best values out there. The Slack has now upwards of almost 700 uh, it just keeps adding by the day. So it's incredible. Lots of information floating around. It's sort of uh, self-sustaining, but all the guys are in there as well. So exciting times for that. What do you got, Kenny? All right. You can find me on uh, powerhourpod.com. I write my weekly article there. I give out my picks, course description, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. I always put out uh, pretty good nuggets out there. Uh, whenever I possibly can. Also, make sure to sign up for uh, draft.com. If you're interested, use promo code DGEN. Uh, get yourself a, a $3 ticket into your first buy-in once you make your first deposit. Also, make sure you check out fansharesports.com. Use promo code DGEN10. Uh, get 10% off your subscription. And also check out BetQL for all your betting needs. All right, guys. Good luck this week. Let's win some money. It should be a fun week. I can't wait.
Okay, parachute's ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.